Exit Analysis, Exit 52 podcast after a Ravens 30-28 to win over the Philadelphia Eagles in a topsy-turvy affair in Philadelphia where the Ravens seemingly were in control throughout and then gave up 22 fourth-quarter points to make it a very interesting one late. I think the Ravens are still committing penalties as they bust back down to Baltimore. Um, not the most... Uh, well-played affair from the birds in the second half, but ultimately they are five and one three and zero on the road and come away with a victory in Philadelphia. Thanks. I'll throw it to you first for your just initial thoughts on this, uh, this game. My initial thoughts are I'm annoyed as hell right now. I'm just, I, that was such a bad time in the fourth quarter, having to sweat throughout that game. Like I, I had already written the blog, not to be a big J guy, like, Oh, I just scrapped my post game, but I kind of had to, to scrap my post game because I, I tried to get the blog up immediately after the clock hit zero. So we could jump on here and do this podcast. I had three paragraphs written that, you know, it was just like the last three games where we got three score leads and we just kind of got out in front and just coasted and ran out the clock till hit zero. That changed very quickly. And suddenly when we started taking field goals on drives, instead of pushing and forcing the issue and trying to step on their throats, they go down the field, score one drive, convert the two-point conversion, and force a three and out with a dumb penalty for holding. And um, next thing you know, we're sweating it out. And so they punched it in, and we had to make a big play at the end. And credit to the to the defense for stepping up, I guess, in that one particular time. But 22 fourth-quarter points is not going to cut it. You can't have it. You can't have 100, uh, what, 12 penalties for 132 yards? You can't have right. it. So no, I'm annoyed. No, you, I'm annoyed as hell. No, yeah, the, the, the penalties was was pretty shocking and affected the Ravens on both sides of the ball. So many pre-snap penalties um, for the Ravens on offense, setting them back on different drives. And then the defense, I mean, quite frankly, unraveled a little bit in the fourth quarter. Some sloppy play, um, penalties, you know, not really doing what they did when in the first two quarters they really looked like – made the Eagles look like a JV team. I mean, they made the Eagles look like they didn't belong on the same field. Um, and then Carson Wentz, credit to him, stayed in there. At one point, it looked like he might get taken out at yeah. halftime when they kind of got some stuff going with Hurts. He stays in there and, and plays a nice second half. And as you said, Matt Judon makes the play um, to sort of save the game and, and make the Ravens not have to come down and, and score a touchdown. As you said, they, I thought at 24 to 6, that was the kill shot. The Lamar, yep. you know, run up the middle. He gets fired up. You're like, all right. I mean, there's no We're way. Going. <laughs> the defense is going to let this go and the offense got enough done and they, they just did not get it done down the stretch. Um, and, and Lamar and the offense didn't get enough first downs to put the game away to, to take some pressure off of the defense at times. So just a really, really sloppy, sloppy performance at the end of the game. The Eagles ultimately outgained the Ravens 264 to two, or excuse me, 364 to 355. So even with, you know, all of the, you know, defensive, you know, I think through three drives, the Eagles had negative yards. They end up outgaining the Ravens um, through four quarters. So, you know, I'm sure all the post-game talk from inside that locker room will be, we've got a lot of stuff to work on. We go into the bye, perfect timing, just to go to the bye. We know this is good enough. But just, you can't, the mental errors are just not what a team that's going to, that has Super Bowl aspirations can make. That was the most concerning thing for me, is they were making mental errors, especially with the penalties um, that were just inexcusable um, and, and you, you can't have them and, and really took what could have been like a nice, nice win off the table, shutting him out at halftime offense did enough. Lamar looks better than he did last week. 
um, and it turns more into a concerning two-point win. The narrative that I was thinking throughout the game was, okay, we're not necessarily stepping on their throats so much, but that's okay. We haven't done that the last two weeks. We've been avoiding from, like, stepping on the gas and staying on the gas because we have so much confidence in our defense to close out games. That kind of went out the window with the way they played here down the stretch. Um, I know the offense doesn't look like it's playing on all cylinders, and and my whole spiel was that it, it it's going to be okay. Like, we can – we can learn to live with scoring 25 to 30 points, knowing that our defense is going to hold up their end of the bargain. And they cast a lot of doubt today with the way they played down the stretch. And um, it's, it's nice to know that Lamar can, can we have that play up the middle where he, he just kind of keeps it and, and turns it into a big play. We've got that, that in the back pocket when we want to use it. And we're trying to use it less in order to kind of preserve him and preserve kind of the, the effectiveness of that play. But um the rest of the offense had its moments today for sure. But again, there are other pieces where they looked kind of lost and the penalties just put them in, in tough positions all the time. They had long down and distances all the time. First and 35. You can't have that. Like it's hard to do. It's first really hard to they accomplish. Gave, they gave it to number 35 on first and 35. And when you were you, this other thing that um, while you were, you're going through your, your spiel there, um, I mean, I was sweating out that game so much, and I had forgotten that I had already written this off as well. They didn't cover. They didn't cover the spread, and I had a real-life moment, and we could probably pull the recording of this. I have a moment when you're talking there when I, it like, eureka in my head that I lost I lost that that ticket. Like, we didn't cover. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could see me lose a bet in real time in my head. <laughs> I completely forgot that because I thought that they had minus seven and a half covered, and they did. They blew it. Like I, even yeah. when they, they cut it to eight, I was like, all right, you know, that's enough. They, they, you know, gave us a little scare by cutting it to eight. We're all good here. The ticket's fine too. We're all good. And no, they just, I feel like the Ravens spat in my face today. Um, that's a little strong, but I'm angry. I'm a little annoyed. I'm a lot of annoyed. So yeah, I just think, I just think that ultimately they've got to clean up a number of different things. One of the things that I that concerned me a little bit about them coming down the stretch um, defensively, and then in the first three quarters offensively, you didn't see it as much in the fourth quarter. And and not that this you know means a ton. You know, we're not inside the the locker room or the the chemistry of the team. The body language at times from the Ravens is not great, and some of it starts with Lamar Jackson, who whose emotion I for the most part love, and I do think is a very good leader. But at times, especially in the first half when the Ravens were up at, you know, one and then two scores, he would get frustrated about plays to a, to a degree that just you just don't need to in certain yeah. times. And I think that for the most part, and I, once again, this is a total projection, I don't know, that puts a lot of stress on your teammates when you're – and I don't mind expecting total perfection, but there's also a way to handle that in a calm manner too and walk back to the sidelines and not demonstrably – strip down the chin straps, walk out, whatever. And we see, I mean, Tom Brady did that two weeks ago. We see the greats of the game do it. So it's not a big deal for the most part. But I think we saw from the defense too, you saw Marcus Peters just look kind of dumbfounded by what was happening when he committed the pass interference uh, when, the, when the Eagles were coming down. I just think the Ravens looked like they weren't, just looked like they were unraveling a little bit mentally. And I think that's a little concerning moving forward. Do I think it's a, like a death knell to the season? Absolutely not. Do I think Lamar Jackson's emotion and his ability to show frustration is bad? Not particularly. I, I love how he plays and I love that he shows that off. But there is a time and a place at times 
to not do that. And especially when you're leading in the first quarter, when you're just trying to get every confidence going, like he was like screaming at Ronnie Stanley after the block in the back. Like, or look, at least it looked like it. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not on the field. He's usually um, very, very aware of how these things no doubt. affect himself. Like, look at the instance in, in Seattle last year when uh, I think it was Skura didn't snap the ball to him uh, on time and they took a delayed game or a false start or whatever it was. And he, he, he slams the ball in frustration. He's demonstrative. And then the next thing he does is go to Skura, tap him on the helmet and says, we're going to get the next one. And then they, they, they made one of the biggest plays of the year shortly thereafter we're maybe not seeing as much of that because I think that this is all snowballing for Lamar because his expectations are since he achieved so much last year, his bar for himself is maybe higher than it should be. He's still 23 years old. There's, you could probably count on one hand how many quarterbacks are starting in this league that are younger than he is. So the, everyone, when they watch Lamar, they're grading him on an MVP curve, which is how it goes when you play at that level. Um, and I'm not saying he should be graded on a typical 23-year-old quarterback curve either, but we should try to evaluate him on somewhere in between those two places. And he is holding himself to a high expectation. It's part of what makes him great, but at times, no like you're saying, I think he's frustrated with the way he performs when he's not living up to that level he was playing last year. And even when he scored the touchdown today and threw the ball against the wall, there was almost an error of, like, I, he was still annoyed. He was like, yeah, I scored that yeah. touchdown. So it's about goddamn time I scored that touchdown. Yep. Yeah. This is supposed like, to yep. Yeah. Like, and, and it, it's, it was a, just a little different than the excitement that from when he would score touchdowns last year. And that's totally overanalyzing it right now. We're totally just like lost sure. in the sauce of like, why did all this happen? It all happened because we weren't disciplined. And we have to be honest with ourselves here. If Miles Sanders catches a touchdown there or um, what's his face catches that one on the opening drive, the deep ball. I mean, this could be a complete oh, high, high tower. High tower. Yeah. High tower. yeah we could have been yep. chasing them for some of the game or it could have been a lot closer and it could have been the Eagles stepping on the gas there and, and taking a lead or holding a lead for part of that football game where the dynamic of the game could have been a lot different if the Eagles didn't play a sloppy game in their own right for the majority of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that the Ravens had some luck there. Had some, and the and and part of the reason is that the Eagles. That is why the Eagles are the Eagles right now, is they didn't make some of the plays they needed to make. If you're Miles Sanders, you're the best. Your team's best offensive player. You have to catch that ball. I don't. And and Charles Davis did a really good job breaking down that he was looking over the wrong shoulder and had to come back and turn around. And that's totally why it was a harder play for him. You still got to make that. You still play. have to catch it. You got you your hands to where the ball was, and you went right through his hands. Right. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You 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 have to make that play. RDT, what'd you sort of see from the four quarters today? Uh, yeah. So I had a cop uh, behind me, so I had to throw my phone and uh and headphones down, so we can edit that out. <laughs> As you double um, dip on the way to your softball <laughs> game here, You're committed to the yeah. pod. <laughs> um, it was. I mean, they. I I know I texted it to you guys. I thought they looked bored at times. It looked like they were kind of just messing around and. Again, it almost seemed like a preseason game where they're like, "All right, let's just see what works, and and we'll get everyone involved." Um, I, I mean, obviously, I think Lamar looked like a completely different player um, on the ground. Passing was meh. It's whatever. Um, but on the ground, obviously, he had the two big runs, the one to really seal it. And then that what was it a 37 yard run um, yeah. touchdown. And like you said, like like Banks was talking about where he throws the ball against the uh, I think that was, I think he was also could just taking out some frustration from the last couple of weeks. For sure. I mean, and, and like you said, he's been he, he, I'm sure he holds himself to such a high standard. 
like, you know, I mean, we obviously know what the media says about him and what everyone says about him, but the way that he carries himself, I'm thinking that he, he probably thinks he has to play a perfect game every, every week. And obviously the last couple of weeks he hasn't, and it could be because of some personal reasons off the field. It could be because of the knee injury. Um, so I, I think maybe that was just him letting off some steam too. Um, and I'm still amazed every time they run that, I'm just like, how does this work every single time? I feel like, like it, and, and like you said, I feel like they are going to keep driving that. And then one of these games, Dobbins is going to break that big one off around the corner. And, and again, I mean, that's, that's kind of the long con there. Um, I thought the defense looked unbelievable in the first half and the second half, it looked like, like did they sign Dean Pease to like a second half contract <laughs> bring back or, or was that just, was I making that up? I mean, it was, again, it kind of looked like that play the prevent and, and the bend, but don't break. And, and I know I said it to you guys before we started recording, but I thought it was the most predictable thing ever was the Eagles scoring that touchdown to get, to get down two, and then to just completely botch and, and, and ruin the, the two point conversion. It was almost uh, like, like kickoff happened up in, in New York and Joe Flacco and Bashad Perriman were out there. And somehow <laughs> the Ravens defense just morphed into their old selves where they just couldn't hold a lead because Joe Flacco <laughs> was playing yeah, football. <laughs> exactly. It was the, the survive in advance and that's what they did. And, and again, I mean, how many times I can only imagine how many times you guys uttered those phrases from 2008, to, uh, you know, 2000, it's 18 or whatever survive in advance they did it we're on to the bye week we're on the next week so yeah it was i mean again like you said where, where they have 24 6 at at the end of the third yep yeah, i mean i'm sure rg3 was saying you know looking at harbaugh saying just let me know when like we'll, we'll get this in and, and let's hop on the bus and yeah it turned into to an it turned into an absolute nail biter so I, I don't know what i don't think it's a problem but it's like they're, they're, they got to do something again like like banks talked about earlier they're not doing the step on the throat it seems like they're letting off the gas super early and, and letting these teams kind of just hang around. There's certainly some opportunities where I thought they could have tried to be more aggressive. I thought, I think one of the kicks that JT hit was a fourth and four in kind of that, I don't know, there was a term orange zone was around for a little bit where people use that and that kind of flamed out. But on one of those areas where you go for it sometimes on fourth down and last season, maybe they're snake bitten from that Titans game where the fourth downs just kind of went the other way. But they seem to be a little less aggressive and I would have, I wouldn't have minded if they, if they tried to just prolong the, the drive and, and keep the football out of the Eagles hands and, and try to squash them that way instead of just taking the three points because um, you know, 27, what was it? 27, 14 kicking a field goal to make it 30 to 14. I guess that was the difference in hindsight, but at the same time, if they just get the first down there, the game is most assuredly over right then and there. So I don't know, hindsight's 2020, but I would not have hated it one bit if the Ravens went back to that aggressive style and just did what they do best and just shoved the football down people's throats and move the chains. Um, but again, like, like we've alluded to, they had so many down distances that were too long to do those types of things. And that's, what's frustrating. Yeah, two. I mean, two kind of stonesy kicks from Justin Tucker. Big time, by the uh, way. The we've glossed on that. Was Great snaps, too. Mm-hmm. was a bomb um to i thought kind of just be like okay this is this is totally in hand like here's just an absolute dagger field goal if, as much of a field goal could be a dagger when you're up that many points um for me it felt like the defense certainly looked like they shifted into second gear in the first in the second half they were incredible in the first half and Calais campbell was an absolute Freak. beast throughout the entirety of the game three sacks 
um, they put up that number that I should have written it down when they put up the graphic about guys with, you know, multiple three sack games in the last, I think it was decade or five years, something like that. And it's a who's who, obviously, of the past rushers you think of. Um, and Calais Campbell's one of those guys, and he was, he was tremendous in this game. I mean, he really set the tone in the first half to where it looked like this was going to be a game where the Ravens really just, you know, ran away with it. Um, and then obviously it becomes uh, more of an issue at the end. Uh, but the defense looked like they shifted into second gear. And that was really the first time they've done that all year. Obviously, the Chiefs put it on them a little bit, but that was through no lack of effort. That was through the Chiefs being the Chiefs. Um, so that's something they're going to have to clean up. You can't, you can't do that in the NFL and continue to get away with it. Um, so they can't do that again um, if wow. they want to keep going through um, this thing with the record that they have. So the Ravens certainly have some things cleaned up. But shout out to Campbell. He was, he was tremendous in this game and, and totally justified – uh, the Ravens going out and acquiring him. Thanks. I think you tweeted about the Sean Elliott. I thought he was great in this game. Uh, yeah, um, I, he was. He part. was my MVP. If it wasn't Campbell, I thought he was around the football a lot. Um, I mean that that chase down play with Sanders is is maybe the play of the game. If if you know on the flip side, Marcus Peters kind of quit on the play a little bit. He kind of dogged it towards the end there. And if he's continuing to chase the play, it might be him falling on that football in the end zone and not whoever it was on the Eagles. So. Um, I was going to ask, was he hot dogging it or did he kind of turn his back and just think the kind of the play was over? He was kind of kind of doing the thing where he knew he was going to get blocked and sealed off by the other person chasing downfield. And he kind of was like going through the motions and kind of got pushed a little out of bounds. And yeah, he kind of dogged it. Like, I guess yeah. you don't and expect our Stiga, a ball. Our white side uh, picked up the fumble just yeah. to, uh, for completely sick. I think Thanks. that's his biggest moment as an eagle. Thank you yeah. for cleaning that up. That's that's what you do You're best. Um, sure. The glue guy of this podcast. Um, yeah, I just throughout the the second half there, I thought that Marcus Peters kind of looked lost or, or looked like he wasn't all there, and it's disappointing to see because I thought he was going to be a guy who was going to have a great game today with Carson Wentz and some of the mistakes he's prone to be making. And Wentz, despite getting beat up quite a bit in the first half and, and parts of the third quarter – he hung in there tough and he really made some plays. I mean, that one out that he threw, it was kind of a prayer of a throw, but that's a hell of a catch. And that's in, in when you face that kind of pressure, you have to know where and where you can put footballs to give your team chances to, to, to move the ball and him throwing that ball to the sideline and him making that catch there was unbelievable. So you got to give some yeah. credit to, to those guys for fighting the way they did late in the game. Yeah, I mean, Wentz, Wentz was up against it, I think, there. Like, you know, on social media, he was getting killed, and he's gotten mm-hmm. killed for the first six weeks of the season. And he kind of went out and said, look, I'm not going to go away. I'm not going to give up the starting job um, without a fight. I did kind of love the Jalen Hurts first down run in the second quarter, and Hurts gets up and throws up a first down like it was the biggest first down of his life to kind of get the crowd going. That was tremendous. That was like, <laughs> hey, maybe – Maybe give me some more plays here, coach. Like, it was. I'm getting it was such a, like a little statement right in front of Wentz, who like did a good job blocking on the play, like kind of block. I think it, yeah. it was either Humphrey or Peters. He kind of shielded off, did a good job. It was and, Peters. And Hurts yeah. got up like he would hit back back at Alabama or Oklahoma. Like, let me throw it up in front of ninety thousand people here for the seventy five hundred. I laughed at it, kind of like, who the fuck are you, so man? Good. You're getting your ass kicked. At the same time, he's a guy who's finally getting his first snap of the game, making a play. Really, their only play to that point. And just like you said, like, hey, coach, I'm here, baby, and we're making plays. Put me back in there. And he was effective. I mean, he was the guy who handed the ball off on the one that Sanders broke. So 
I, you have to think that the Ravens defense were had their ears kind of perked up when when Hertz was under center there and, and aware of what he was capable of. And um, that had to have played into why why Sanders was able to do what he did. So yeah, for um, sure. just for sure. just texted uh, Morgan Cox, actually, uh, just about name that drop. Kicks, name drop here. Uh, shout out Mike Wilbon. Um, I just texted him majestic. That's all I texted. That's it. He emphasized the text and he says, I had to blow on it a bit, but it was majestic for sure. The wind was wild out there. So I actually went back and I watched the 55 yarder. And so he did, you know, remember when he mentioned that the little hop he does. Yeah. So I I saw him do that. And then he kind of took two or three steps and was walking towards the goal line and is just staring straight up at it. And I was like, there it is. The guy's (laughs) staring at it. It's majestic. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. That ball was nuked. I mean, when you see Justin Tucker kick footballs, the ball perfectly goes end over end and just, it's like, it's kind of like a golfer. You'll see sometimes a, a draw or a fade or, or a slice or this or whatever. If you were to put a, a, a pro tracer or whatever, a top tracer on his kicks, the, the arc of the kick would go directly over the start of the kick. It goes perfectly end over end. And that kick disappeared from the screen. I mean, he booted that thing. The launch angle on that thing was was massive. <laughs> we need some more stat cast out there for these kicks. Thing was a bomb. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch. It's legitimately fun to watch. It makes me chuckle, the uh, the Justin Tucker kicking experience every single time. Yeah, this, just... Jake Elliott missed a field goal today. That was yep. kind of a forgotten play at late in the first mm-hmm. half there and it was that was late in the first half, right? Yeah. That was a wild, that was that was the end of the first half. That was that wild right. sequence where Chuck Jesus, Clark had that, that pass, pick. Uh, rough in the passers. There's a brutal play. There's no reason to hit the quarterback at all after he lets go of the ball on a Hail Mary. Like maybe you're buying a little real estate in his head. Like, Oh, I'm coming after you in the second half maybe, but no, it's like, come on. That could have, that could have been a real exciting play too. Chuck Clark uh, kind of scooping it off the turf there. Almost. He wanted to pick it. He wanted wanted to pitch it. it, And I'm like, heads like heads up play by him for, for seeing it for what it was and not, uh, not throwing the pitch there, but if he had gotten a pitch off, that could have been a lot of fun. No doubt. I have two quick notes here. Uh, Miles Boykin had a first down catch on the first drive, and I talked about that. I wanted to see that connection get better, and I was like, oh, connection's here better. Go. <laughs> Disappeared no. for the rest of the game. Thanks yeah. for coming, Miles. Appreciate that. Um, got me <laughs> Didn't he get another ball thrown excited. at him when he wasn't looking? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> late, late in the probably. He, yeah. My man Miles. My man Miles having a tough year. And tough, then uh, we, you know, we, we talk about every angle of Lamar we do every week. Uh, speaking of angles, the touchdown pass to Nick Boyle is just a play that very few people can make and is one that kind of backbreaks the defense early in the game. And that was just a tremendous, tremendous play. Uh, by yeah. I said that on Twitter when he, uh, when he made the play and then when the video came out, when you're, when you're doing film review the next day as the opposition and you're trying to figure out what you could have done better, um, where you might've made some mistakes, whatever, there's nothing to take away from that. Holy hell, the Aaron Rodgers just threw a pick six on the last drive. And then, like, as you were talking, and he almost just threw another. Like, it got picked off and returned to the two. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, wow. But, anyways, uh, yeah. Oh, he's got the shoulder pad outside of the jersey as he's getting up here. Cool. Not that a good look for, yeah. for Aaron oh, Rodgers no. here. Oh, man. Oh, no. Um, okay. Here's the replay. I didn't see the play, but I just saw the return. Tip pass. Anyways, um, great podcast stuff there. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
make yeah. sure to go to our other feed today and Aaron Rodgers, and you can listen to us talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> this is the Tom Brady offense here. Well, those are my two quarterbacks for I fantasy, mean, so thanks. So we can just keep this rolling if we want. The future instant analysis pod next week for the bye week, we're going to sit here after the Ravens would have ended at one and just live talk about the four o'clock games. We could do the game. witching hour live. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, but the Ravens barely are ever involved in the freaking witching hour until this week. It was incredible. I know. That's, yeah, first game where a team had the ball trailing in the fourth quarter with the Ravens since the Buffalo game last year. And that felt a lot like this game where it's like, wait, why are you close to this team? Why are you even within striking range? And they drove down to like the 15 of the Ravens in that game and came up short, but um, Ronald Jones touchdown, just to, you know, update you guys. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks disheveled on the sideline. Um, Yeah. The uh, wow. Did I lose my train of thought there? Jeez, what was I talking about? One more. Lamar's one, touchdown one more, pass was yeah. It was it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. One more quick note for me, um, and I'll, I'll throw it to you guys for any final thoughts. Uh, the running backs need to be better. Uh, set twenty-eight carries from seventy-four yards, and no one looked explosive. Um, J.K. Dobbins, uh, the camp reviews were great. He bounces off guys. Didn't do much else today. Mark Ingram was clearly hurt. He got hurt on the you know. Yeah, the and then quarter. he came back for one carry, and he looked really slow. They got to keep him out until after the Steeler game, right? It was a carry near midfield, and he had some space to run, and he turned it. It was like a seven-yard carry, but it looked like it could have been a lot more. He just, yeah, and he oh. actually looked pretty good until the uh, until the injury there, and then the bus gets in for a touchdown. But the bus had fourteen carries for twenty-six yards in this game. Fourteen. So carries. The, the bus had a blown tire or the oil needed to be changed, but the bus, the bus was not, was not humming today, uh, unfortunately. And we love the bus. We're a very pro bus podcast, but not, 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 not today's bus. Um, and, and when Lamar runs nine times for one Oh eight, you know, maybe sometimes there's some give and take he's, you know, they're, they're playing towards the backs more and, and Lamar has more open space, but I, I didn't see a lot uh, there. Still think the ball needs to get into Devin Duvernay's hands a little bit more as well. So. Yeah, the pop pass that they converted for first down was sweet. Like, was sweet. you ever yeah. watch other football teams and they do some innovative stuff and you're like, man, why doesn't my team do that stuff? That stuff is sweet. Like, all the – I felt like I would watch other teams run these, like, rub routes and bubble screens and they were super effective and the Ravens could never do them for whatever reason. They wouldn't even try. Uh, I, would lo- I would love to see a shovel pass worked in to, like, Ricard or Boyles or something like that. That would be cool. Yeah, like an inside – or even like that when the, the Cardinals used to run the one with Fitzgerald where he would do like the inside mm-hmm. shovel and he would like come into motion. Yeah, it's good that. to see the, the Ravens could also in. implement – shout out to my guy Matt Canada – could implement a little bit more like jet sweeps <laughs> with some of the guys that they have. Shout out to the, we, the, the, the 2018 Maryland Terrapins. We don't do <laughs> shout outs to Matt Canada anymore. Man. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. But next week. Next week Matt, we've got uh, – Matt Canada's offense. We, we've got Steelers Titans next week and Buffalo at New York Jets in the one o'clock hour. So some decent games. Wow. There you go. Just some, some, some possible material there. I'd say. Sure. Sure. Instant analysis. Every, we'll talk about every throw Joe Flacco made for the Jets next week. If he's. <laughs> I'm all for it. Back. Sign Any me up. final thoughts from the, from the guys, uh, by the way, congrats Eric to your Titans. Uh, a hell of a win against against the Texans. I, I was going to make fun of you at the beginning of the podcast when they were losing, 
and they saved your they saved your uh, your bacon. So you're yeah, all- it was it was like I said, it was rough Nobody because cares. my power went out when. Yep, oh, and that's it. And that was talking yeah, Titans. That was so <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, five and zero, Derrick Henry, thirty um, Ravens. He's the goat. He's the goat. <laughs> what a running back. Are you the host? Can you mute it? Can you turn them off? <laughs> uh, probably. Probably. Yeah. Go hit some softballs. 30 to 28 Ravens. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels at X52 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at Barstool Banks for all of Banks's frustrated thoughts. I'm sure he'll, you know, go live on Twitter or something just to vent some more, maybe. Uh, and then you can follow RDT at E D I T T I 22 on Twitter and maybe hear about how his softball team did. Maybe, maybe you can join him on his other pod, podcast Titans talk, um, which I don't know where you can find that. So two tone Titans blue. You can follow me at Taylor Smite 10. We'll see you for the regular show on Thursday where we have a pretty big guest coming Decently up. sized guest. Big size, big, Huge. big, big, large. Guest. So make sure to tune in for that. Shout out to the Ravens. Clean it up. Clean it up. Clean it up. That's the final word. We'll see you on Thursday.